We're chipping away at everything that isn't you, reconnecting with the part of yourself that loves you unconditionally, sees the real you, and accepts your authentic self. When you disconnect from the opinions of others, work in your mindset, and stand in your power, you feel expanded, alive, and confident. This podcast is where we discuss a range of topics that help you bring you back to your heart space. Topics like body image healing, your relationship with food, mind and body connection, mindset and relationships. We get real, we get messy, we're vulnerable and we're unfiltered. This is Heart Space with Stacey. Welcome back for another week of Heart Space with Stacey. I am so glad to be back in your ear holes. If you follow me on Insta, you would have seen that I'm currently going through a little bit of change in terms of my training. Um, I've been feeling a little bit of symptoms similar to adrenal fatigue. I don't want to just label what I have without really doing much investigation, but the symptoms that I have are very typical of adrenal fatigue where I get enough sleep. I get about seven hours of sleep a night um, and around two o'clock I have a massive energy dip where I feel like I am falling asleep at my desk and I just need a nap. Um, and then I go to the gym and after the gym at night, I get a huge energy burst again. And then around nine or 10 o'clock um, is when I start to get tired. So typical symptoms of adrenal fatigue. I also, my skin is breaking out. Usually I have relatively good skin, which I'm very thankful for. I get a few spots here and there um, around the week of my period. But uh, this week I have had a full, huge, few massive spots on my chin. Um, And my body just doesn't feel, I keep getting little niggles from the gym. I I have been attacking my workouts, um, but I just feel like I'm really having to push myself to like really want to get my heart rate up. And I just feel like tired. I don't feel great in my body at the moment. And I know that it is holding on to water. It is holding on to fat more than it usually is. And it's just typical symptoms of having really high cortisol. And when I actually stop to think about it, um, the training that I do, CrossFit is really intense, right? Every day is a hard workout. Every day I'm getting my heart rate up. Every day I am pushing myself to probably nearly my absolute maximum for that day. And since I have been doing the additional programming for um, accessories and extra conditioning at the gym on top of doing the CrossFit class, um, it turns out to be like one and a half to two hours of training a day some days. And I mean, most days it's at least an hour and a half. And that is a lot of stress on my body. When it's high intensity, most of the time it is every single day or five days a week. Um, and it's for long periods of time. Within that, I did, you know, I have tried to change my nutrition to make sure I'm getting the right nutrients and eating enough to fuel my training. And I just felt like my body wasn't responding. And so I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to give it a trial to step back from CrossFit a little bit. I'm still going to go because I love it so much. It is my social time of the day. I live and work alone. So it is the only time that I actually get to go out and see people and speak to people in the flesh. And if I took that away, I think it would be really difficult for my mental health. So I am making sure that I'm still going to go, but I'm just being more mindful about what I'm doing in the gym. So I'm not going to do the additional um, programming if it is Um, conditioning or another workout. I will do accessories to help with strength and weightlifting. 
um, and just making sure that I'm being mindful about how many um, high intensity workouts I'm doing in the week. So I'll drop a session, I'll do probably about three to four sessions um, of CrossFit a week. And I want to really focus on Pilates and yoga because it makes my body feel really good and they're really good for regulating your nervous system and bringing cortisol down. Um, I don't, you know, my body's not at a point where I need to stop exercise. Um, I'm still getting regular periods. Although the last few months I have actually been late, um, which also is not like me and has freaked me out a little bit if i'm honest when it's been four days late and and they're usually like on time um and that is also another sign of stress so they are still coming my body is still functioning optimally my hormones seem relatively happy um i have had blood tests which i'm still waiting to hear back on but i'm just going to listen to my body and do what i can to bring my cortisol down and regulate my nervous system a little bit. And that is more yoga, more Pilates, um, less high intensity training, and just seeing how I feel after four to six weeks um, and then reassessing. When I actually posted this on my stories, I had quite a few people reach out to say um, that they have done something similar if the previous CrossFitters. And uh, some people just can't, their bodies just can't handle that, you know, regular high intensity training which i'm coming to realize actually might be the case for me when i look back at it and it has nothing to do with fat or my body um, because this isn't even coming into the equation but when i look back at it when i first started crossfit um and since i started crossfit my body has changed and it has actually held on to a little bit of a little bit more fat than what it used to and that's not a bad thing. You know, I have absolutely no qualms about that. Um, I'm not trying to lose weight. But when I actually think about it, potentially my body has actually been in a state of stress for the five years that I've been doing CrossFit. Um, because that's actually when it started. And I just kind of put it down to having more muscle or I don't I don't even know what else. I didn't really ever think about it because it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but potentially my body is just not one that can handle high cortisol and with everything else going on you know running a business having a full-time job long-distance relationship and all the other things with life um i think maybe i'm just a little bit too stressed so i'm going to cut back a little bit so watch the space i will share my journey with you guys as we go along because there have been a few people that have reached out who have been on something similar or uh, interested in doing something similar as well because they're feeling the same with their own training. Um, a lot of it is, you know, there are mindset things that I will um, eventually talk about, probably not in this podcast because I want this to be a, this is a ask me anything or question and answer podcast, um, but I will do a podcast on how I'm navigating the, men, the mental side of that as well. So that's a bit of a life update from me. So I did a poll or a, a few stories on my Instagram about um, Q&A and Ask Me Anything. And I've picked out three ones that I'm going to talk about. One, I'm actually going to do a whole podcast on about how to uh, manage and um, get over or work with emotional eating. And I think that deserves a whole podcast in itself. Actually, all of these topics could really be a whole podcast, but I'm going to try and keep them short. Um, and give the most succinct tips that I can or advice that I can. The first one is uh, tips or any advice for starting a business. 
before I started coaching, I thought about being a coach or doing something with coaching, like writing eBooks or writing courses for probably about five to six years before I actually did it. And the reason that I didn't just start doing it is because I always thought I needed more experience. I needed to learn more. I needed to know more. And I was always feeling like I wasn't quite ready. And that put me off starting something for five to six years, right? There are people less qualified than you doing the things that you want to do simply because they decided to believe in themselves. When I saw that quote, that rocked me up. And <laughs> it rocked me up because I saw people doing what I wanted to do, knowing that they had absolutely no qualifications, except for the fact that they just decided one day they were going to be a coach or write an ebook or do whatever it was that they were doing. And they did it and they were successful. And I started to look at them and I was like, but wait, I've got five years of university. I've got two degrees. I've got a master's degree. I was doing clinical psychology. Like I have so much more qualifications and I know so much more than these people, but they're doing more than I am. And it's not about comparison, but it's about you need to believe in yourself and what you currently have. And if you don't know things, you learn as you go. So the first tip for starting a business is Stop thinking that you need to know more, that you need to do more, that you need to get another certificate, right? You can always acquire more as you go if you feel like that is going to help your business, but stop letting the fear of failure or the, the stories in your head that you don't know enough stop you. The second thing is, um, and this probably should have been the first, but the second thing is that you need a reason more than making money. Starting a business is hard. Like there have been so many times um, when I have questioned whether I want to continue coaching because there are aspects of um, coaching and running a business that are extremely difficult. And if you're doing it yourself, especially, there's not anyone else to lean on. There's not anyone else to really um, to share in that despair or share in those tough moments because you're going through this on your own. So you need a reason more than I want to start a business just because I want to get rich. Obviously, um, making money is a part of that, but finding something that you are good at and something that you care about and something that you can offer the world is going to help get you further than any other reason. Because when you want to quit, you can bring yourself back to your why, your mission really understanding like why do I actually want to do this what sort of impact do I want this to have on myself my family and other people because when you understand the impact that you want to have whenever it gets hard you can bring yourself back to that because that is so much more powerful than money in the bank and at the end you know you might get that money in the bank might be something that you are chasing, but the impact of that is financial freedom or being able to travel when you want or um, providing for your family, right? So yes, money is the outcome, but what impact is that money going to have and why do you want that and why is that important to you? I have kept with coaching, obviously, because I am so passionate about helping women and men, helping people um really realize the power that they have within themselves and that they are so much more than their body. And I have personally felt the freedom from 
having food freedom and going from someone who was so scared to eat and so restricted, not just in my food, but in my whole life, because my whole life is just about food and my body. I know what it feels like to go from that to being focused on how you feel, being focused on your health and knowing that there is so much more to life than just what you look like. And the polarity between that and the difference in who I was between when I was restrictive and who I am now, I just need so many more people to feel that because life just gets so much better. And that is my why. I love when my clients share even the tiniest, tiniest win of like, I prioritized myself today and it felt fucking good. Or I ate the burger and I had no guilt. Or um, I stopped weighing my food or I've looked in the mirror and I love what I see. Like those tiny things are little blips to remind me of like, this is why I do what I do. So finding something that you are passionate about, that you really care about and understanding what sort of impact you want to have is your starting point for a business. The next tip for me is to do one thing at a time and don't look at all of the things that you have to do and get overwhelmed because that's what probably also what stopped me for so long is I was like, okay, I know what I, I know what the outcome is that I want to do, but in order to get there, I have to do all of these hundreds and thousands of things. I have no idea how to do. Like, I don't know how to set up a business. I don't know how to create a course. I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. I don't know how to do taxes. So don't look at all of the things that you need to do. Understand where you want to be moving towards, but write down five critical things that you can do today and then focus on that. Get those done and then write five more critical things. And those critical things are things that need to get the needle moving. Don't get bogged down in, oh, I need to write my brand title and, oh, what is my name going to be? Like, yes, a name is probably important, but not to get you started. I first started putting out that I was coaching before I even had a name. I started putting out before I had coaching. I just made my own branding on Canva, just some colors that I liked, had absolutely really, I went with like different archetypes, but that has changed. That changed as my business evolved, right? And so if if you get stuck on, oh, I need a logo, I need this thing and I need that thing, you're never going to get anywhere. So don't focus on those little things because they are distractions to the big things. You will get the name, the logo, the branding as you evolve and as you start to learn like what your brand is about and what sort of feelings you want to evoke. But those things can bog you down if you're waiting for those to happen until you get started. If you're someone who's doing like freelancing work, like you don't even need those. Just use your name as like Stacey Garland Consulting, right? You don't need a full a full brand um, yet. That can come and a lot of people get stuck on like, oh, I need a website before I can start. Like, no, you don't. I still don't have a website. And I know coaches who are making a million dollars who still don't have websites. Yes, websites are helpful in today's day and age. A lot of people use the internet. So it depends what sort of, business you have a lot of people will probably google you before you start but start an instagram start tiktok whatever social media you want to start start there start posting there build up your brand through social media and then the website can come later so those are my tips for starting a business the next question that i'm going to answer is um how to manage or how do I do long distance relationship and any tips on making it successful? 
Ah, long distance relationships. It's so funny because both my partner and I are really independent people. Um, <laughs> really independent. And before we actually got together, we both thought, we didn't know that we were thinking this at the same time. We've now talked about it after and we're like, ah, we both thought the same thing. We both thought that, okay, being in a long distance relationship will actually be kind of good because that means that I can do my thing, he can do his thing and we'll see each other when we want to see each other, but my life doesn't actually have to change too much and I don't need to stop my work and he doesn't, and he was thinking, I don't need to stop my work um, and things can kind of go on as usual. Not the case. <laughs> we came into each other's lives and kind of flipped, turned our lives upside down. For two very independent people, we have become very connected um, and very, in a way, not wanting to be without the other person, especially in the first, I mean, even now there was this heaviness that I was just carrying around with me and talking to him, he had exactly the same heaviness that we just carried around in our days because we just missed each other so much. And so it's quite interesting the change that i've seen in myself in this relationship um than any other relationship that i have been in and it's long distance which is good and it's bad distance definitely can make the heart grow fonder right and i often say to my partner and he says we say to each other that when we are living in the same city and we're living together we are going to always remember how much we missed each other when we had distance between us. And that will be something that we will always bring ourselves back to. So long distance can be this incredible journey and amazing relationship because it makes you so grateful for this other person. It makes you really, it really makes you have to communicate and over communicate. And that is one of my first tips is, and that goes without saying, but communication is the biggest thing and thankfully, my partner and I are really good at it, even over communication, right? And what I mean by that is you don't have the luxury of having those little moments in every single day together where you get to say, hey, this happened to my day or, you know, updating little things or being there for them when they're sick. We miss out on so much of those little things. So it's really important to make sure that you include them in as much as possible in things that happen in your day share with each other about what you're doing in the day what your schedule looks like who you're seeing like it doesn't need to be exhaustive but feeling like you're a part of their life and a part of their routine and a part of their day is really important and that goes with communication also um set expectations about how you want to communicate Okay. I was talking to my hairdresser actually was in a long distance relationship a few years ago and he hated morning texts. So like he hated the good morning. Like he just found them not very genuine. Whereas I love every single morning waking up to a morning text from Ty, from my partner. He's two hours ahead of me. So when I wake up, he's already been up for a few hours, but I'll always wake up to a good morning text. And it is like, it's... <laughs> It's something to look forward to for me every morning and it brings me a smile every day because the first thing that I do once I've cuddled Millie and I've done like my morning meditation and I'm actually open to looking at my phone, I'll read a message from him to say, good morning, how did you sleep? This is what I have on for my day. Like 
yes, over time, you might feel like you're saying the same things, or you're just talking about what happened in your day, or how did you sleep, but those things can be so important, right? And so really understanding the expectations and discussing how you want to communicate. And that's something that I told, I said to him at the start was like, I really like the morning texts. And I like knowing that you're thinking about me when you wake up or in the morning. And I like waking up to having something from you there. We are both very, very busy people. We, he runs his own business. He has a very successful coaching business. And I don't expect to hear from him every single minute of every single day. And in fact, I don't want to, but we stay in communication throughout the day. Right. And so expectations around how much do you want to message or how much do you actually want to hear from me? And we know we're not constantly messaging each other. There will be a few hours between responses. Sometimes it'll be four or five hours, which, you know, because things get in the way, but it's always updating each other, checking in and making sure that we are in communication because we don't have the luxury of being there every day. So communication and understanding how often you want to be. When I say also over communicate, you really need to over communicate your feelings. And this is something that has been really insightful. And I'm actually really freaking proud of myself for because you talk to any of my ex boyfriends, and they would say I'm like not emotional, or I don't talk to them about when I'm struggling, or I've never asked them for any help. Um, or I'm, you know, I never talk about when I'm down or anything. I'm totally different with Ty. If I am struggling, if I am missing him, if I need help, if I am not in a good place, if I have a heavy moment, I will message him and tell him how I'm feeling and he will be there for me. And that is so important in a long distance relationship because it's so easy to get in your head to be like, I'm here, he's there, I'm just going to deal with this on my own. I don't want to um, bother him or him bother me, like you need to over communicate how you are feeling. And that isn't just about when you're missing each other or when you're, you know, having sad moments, it's also gratitude. I often send him messages like just thinking of you, or I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for you for X, Y, Z. Like they don't need to be long messages, but making sure that you are in communication and you're communicating how you feel regularly so that you have that opportunity to connect on the level that you you don't get to do that when you are you're not next to each other right you miss out on so much of that love and affection and it's quite important because both of our love languages are physical touch and acts of service and Understanding your love language and your partner's love language and how that can be impacted in long distance relationship is really fucking important because we don't have the joys of having any physical touch or acts of service because we're in different fucking countries. So if you're feeling like I feel really like I'm not getting what I need or I feel like um, I'm disconnected from you, like you need to communicate that and give them an opportunity to reconnect and do something to help make you feel better. So understanding your love language and, um, and how you can, I guess, bring that to each other. Um, and maybe it means that you need to you lean on other love languages, like at the moment, because we're long distance, we have to lean on words of affirmation. Right, because that's all we've got. And if we don't do words of affirmation, or one of us is really, or, or if your partner or you are not communicating that 
how much you love them or how grateful you are. Like, what do you have apart from being pen pals? So you need to really lean into those love languages. If they are a gift person, like send them flowers or if they're a gift person, send them chocolates or send them something so that they know that you're thinking of them. Like you can still do things that help with your love languages from a distance. Um, so that is also really important. Something that I have um, honestly in the last two weeks, few weeks fallen back on and I'm picking it back up, but keep the flirtatiousness up send pictures like it doesn't have to be always sexy pics or nudes although those are definitely warranted (laughs) but send each other photos of like on your walk or going to the gym or at a cafe like they want to see your face they want to see you and yes they can see you on social media but there is something special about just sending your partner a picture that is just for them that is not going on social media and just be like hey i'm thinking of you or i miss you i'm at a cafe i wish you were here like send each other cute messages keep up the flirtatiousness and pictures can be a really fun way to do that um i communicated to ty that i want more selfies because i miss him and i miss his face and he's I just want to see him more. And so he started sending me selfies when he's like going to the cafe or going for a walk. And it just brightened my day so much and just giving him the direction of, I would like more of this and him being like, cool, I've got that. And then doing it also just deepens that connection because you communicate, he listens, he does it and you get what you need and he's helping you get that. So just communication and sending it up and keeping the flirtatiousness up. I have two more. The list, next list, the next one is have scheduled non-negotiable date night or calls at least once a week. It is really easy to be like, oh, I'm busy this night or when you like, especially if you're dealing with time differences, um, it can be really difficult. So make sure that you have a scheduled non-negotiable call a week. We do ours on a Sunday night. Um, mine is after yoga, once he's got back from the gym. And it's like, no, it's at a time that we don't have to leave after. We're not in a rush. We're not like, hey, I've got 30 minutes to talk to you and it's done. Because sometimes we'll talk for an hour and a half. Sometimes we'll talk for an hour. We don't really know. But making sure that you have that scheduled and it's non-negotiable unless something really urgent comes up and then you reschedule it, you don't cancel it, um, is really, really important. Obviously, throughout the week, we have other calls as they come up or as we need them or as we want them. But having that scheduled every single week is something to look forward to. And it's just making sure that you have that connection. And then the last one is have a freaking end game. Actually, I've got two. Have an end game, talk about what the long-term plan is, understand like what are we actually working towards. If you are new in a long distance relationship, maybe you're like putting this conversation off and understandable, but we had this conversation pretty early on because I mean, we were pretty set on each other, but really understand like, okay, what sort of time frame are we working towards here? How long are we expecting to do this long distance thing? Because for us, this was not a long-term goal. For us, being long distance is not going to work long-term because we don't want to be apart from each other. So understand, do I have six months? Is it 12 months? Like, what are we actually working towards so that you know that there's an end game in sight? 
And then lastly, promise this is the last one, is have trips booked in advance. Always have a trip booked. And I know this might be, this is a little bit easier for us because we are, I mean, we're in different countries, but it's only a four hour flight away. If you're in different office ends of the world, obviously it is a little bit more difficult. We also have the pleasure of both working online so we can work when we are in different countries, which is amazing. But know when you're going to see each other next is so important because otherwise you just feel like you're in limbo and it's just like this never ending doom of like, I miss you and I don't know when I'm going to see you. So have an end date booked. We have a rule where we're not going any longer than four weeks without seeing each other. And at the moment it is five weeks. I'm seeing him. Oh, actually when this is released, he will be here. But this time it was five weeks and it was like that extra week was torture. Um, and four weeks is the absolute maximum. So have a regular schedule if you can of how often you're going to see each other and make sure you have trips booked, even if it's like three months in advance, just book a trip so you know that when you're going to see them next. And the last question is tips or how to build body confidence. This could also be a full um a full episode but i will give a few little tidbits and tips that you can take away and start to implement straight away firstly the important thing is to understand is to why you actually don't have body confidence um and the reason is because the way the reason that you don't have body confidence can help dictate what you can do to help it is it because you are constantly comparing your body to other people and expecting you to look like someone else Is it because you are really mean to yourself when you look in the mirror and you're always putting yourself down or grabbing your fat or saying that you need to be skinnier or you need to lose weight? Is it because you were teased as a kid and now you have a label and a story in your head and you have a belief that you are unattractive or not good enough? So really understanding what is actually limiting you or blocking you from having body confidence. Then the next thing is to spend a day becoming really conscious to the thoughts and the actions that you do that make you feel self-conscious or not confident in your body. Really notice the habits that you have that you implement every single day. How do you speak to yourself? What sort of things are you saying? What sort of tone are you talking to yourself in? What sort of story are you telling yourself? Like what is the actual narrative that you have going on in your head about your body every single day? Because I can guarantee you that once you really start to listen to your own thoughts and your own um the way that you speak to yourself, you will be really enlightened and be like, ah, no wonder I don't feel great about myself. Because if you had someone constantly telling you, you're shit, you're so ugly, you need to lose weight, you're so bad, like, I can't believe you're wearing that, I can't believe you look like that, you need to get do all these things to yourself. There is no way that anyone could withstand that and feel good about their bodies. Imagine having that on repeat 24-7 every single day. That is what you do to yourself. So really become conscious to the thoughts and the actions that you have as to what is why you're having poor body confidence. And from there, change your thoughts and speak kindly to yourself. Now, this is easier said than done. So you will still have thoughts of I'm not good enough or why are you wearing that or you need to lose weight. 
So catch the thoughts and change them as you have them. And that can look like you don't need to lose weight, you are working on your health, or you are working on becoming the best version of yourself, you are worthy as you are, you are learning to love the body that you have, every body is different and mine is unique. Like changing it to, it doesn't have to be from I hate the way that I look to I love the way that I look because that's just not the truth. You don't want to be fraudulent and fake in the thoughts that you have. But you are learning to become someone who loves how you look and you are learning to become someone who treats your body with respect. So changing those thoughts to be more conducive and more constructive and more kind to yourself. Your body is the least interesting thing about you. And no one... I can promise you very little people on this earth get better at anything from being punished, right? If you have a kid and they've done something bad and you yell at them and scream at them, they're not going to be motivated to be better. They're going to feel down. They're going to feel really sad. They're going to feel really shit about themselves. That's not motivating to act better next time kindness and empathy is more uh more conducive and more motivating to to be better and to do better so if you are more empathetic to yourself and kinder to yourself you are going to be more motivated to do the things like go to the gym go for a walk eat the nourishing food not binge um speak to yourself kindly like have one piece of chocolate or two pieces of chocolate and put the rest back and if you don't do that then you can lean into compassion and be like okay i learned that is my trigger next time i'll do something different very little people on this earth will get better from punishment and you are not excluded from that so if you want to have body confidence and you want to feel better in the person that you are you need to be kind to yourself because I promise you, you will feel better about yourself and what you look like if you are kind, if you bring compassion, and if you're grateful for the way that you are. Trial it for a week, even for a day, and see how your mood changes. When you are more positive about yourself, you notice more positive things. When you're more negative about yourself, you're going to notice more negative things. So changing your mindset from okay, instead of finding what is wrong with myself today, let's find some things that I like about myself. And that can start with in the morning, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you, I forgive you, I'm here for you. That's all it takes, right? So kindness and compassion and empathy will get you so much further than punishment. The next thing is something that I call the comparison compliment loop Um, because It is natural to compare ourselves and our bodies to other people, especially if you are in the gym, at the beach, um, anywhere really. Uh, Especially if you are someone who struggles with body confidence, it is really common for you to look at other people and constantly compare what they have against what you have and wishing that you had something of theirs. So anytime that you compare or um, yeah, compare your body to someone else, Give yourself a compliment. So it's this loop of comparison. Okay, I'm going to compliment myself. So you're kind of habit stacking and you're getting in the flow of giving yourself compliments and catching yourself when you're comparing. And that comparison then gets flipped into something more positive because then you're complimenting yourself. 
So if you look at someone and you say, oh my God, I wish I had her legs or her stomach is incredible. I need to hide mine because mine doesn't look like that. Give yourself a compliment of, I'm really freaking strong. I just lifted X amount of weight or I just birthed a child. I literally grew a human inside of me and I birthed this new human living being into the world. I'm fucking awesome, right? So give yourself a compliment anytime you catch yourself comparing. The next thing is stop waiting to do things until you feel confident to do so. A lot of people will wait until I have lost five kgs or I've lost 10 kgs or I'll wait till I have a flat stomach to wear the sports bra or to buy the cute outfits. Do not wait until you feel confident in order to do that because I can guarantee you, even if you do lose the five or 10 kgs, if you haven't practiced wearing the sports bra or wearing those different clothes, you're going to feel like a fraud. You're going to feel really uncomfortable when you do it, even if you have the perfect body because confidence does not come by accident. Confidence is a skill that you get by practicing and by acting and by doing the very thing that you are waiting to do, right? You get confident by doing and taking action. I was not comfortable wearing a sports bra in the gym. Even when I had literal abs, I had an eight pack and I would never have been caught dead with a sports bra in the gym until I started actually doing it. 15 kgs heavier, now I wear a sports bra in the gym every single freaking day because it's hot and because I'm comfortable doing it because I just started doing it, right? You need to start to do the things that you're waiting for confidence to do because it's the, it's called the comp, um, confidence competence loop and people think that in order to be competent at something, you get confidence. In order to be confident you need competence it's like this just this loop and so you're only going to get confident in your body by doing the things that you would do if you had a body that you wanted and that might be wearing a bikini at the beach that might be wearing shorts at the gym or wearing a sports bra or wearing a cute outfit or changing your dress style or asking someone out on a date or you know doing all of this myriad of things what are you putting off until you have the body that you want because doing these kinds of things and realizing that like, oh my gosh, I can do that and the world's not going to end or people didn't laugh at me or actually no one even cared that I wore shorts in the gym. Why have I been putting this off for so long? Starts to build your confidence in yourself and knowing that you can do hard things and that you can survive those hard things will then build your confidence in other areas of your life. So stop putting off the things that you are waiting to do until you have the body. You need to start doing those things now and that will give you body confidence because you are going to start to appreciate your body, appreciate yourself and realize that you can do those hard things right now. So that is the end of the question and answers and ask me anything. So thank you for anyone who did send some through. As I said, there will be a few um, actual podcast episodes that are coming out on like emotional eating and um, how to manage and navigate that. Um, I think that is deserving of a full potty app. So what, listen out for that one. If you do have any other questions or any other topics you would like for me to discuss, please let me know in the notes or message me on Insta. I put that all in my uh, show notes. 
Um, and Binge Pray Love has officially kicked off. I will be opening a waitlist for the next round or to join this um, group in the next few weeks. And just l- reminder that I do have other courses available. I actually have a course um, specifically on confidence called Code of Confidence. It's only $99. Um, and it is a really thorough course on how to build your confidence in many areas, not just your body. Your body is one, but it gives you understanding of the science behind confidence and how we can actually use that to cultivate more confidence and do the things that we want to do. Um, And then there's also the Empowered Woman online, which is about 279. And that is a full course on how to um, really focus on holistic health, on body image, on food freedom without additional coaching. Um, It's a self-paced course, but it really helps to bring the joy back in food and um, exercise as well. So if you are interested in courses, they will be linked below. Um, And I just thank you for being here. If you are loving or liking the episodes um, and the podcasts, please do like and share. It is how we how we get the word out. Um, And I look forward to being in your ear holes next week.